when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hit. And good morning, Happy New Year, our first show of 2019. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one. And Bernie takes your calls and comments, 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. WhatsApp away at the moment, our text machine having slight problems with that. For some reason, it's forgot it's 2019 and it is unable to pick up messages from this year so far. But we are working on that. But you can still WhatsApp us on 0862 103 103. Uh, bear with me today. I have a chest infection, so uh, a voice. Uh, it seems to be okay, but breathing isn't, so we'll, we'll get through as much as we can between now and one o'clock on uh, our first show for 2019. A lot of calls and comments came in to us over the Christmas period and New Year's period. People having problems with various things, uh, insurance being one of them. Also, outside of insurance, phones and people who have different phone providers unable to get their services back. Now, we worked on a few of them over the New Year's and Christmas period. I'm glad to know this morning when we contacted people, they did get their particular services back on New Year's Eve. So a lot of people are happy with that. We will outline what happens and just bring it to you. Just a word of warning for others in the future if you were changing service provider regarding your phone. And also ahead on the show this morning, how the Irish Society. They are trying to combat debt collectors who are chasing patients and they basically uh, they're chasing patients who are quite ill and receiving cancer treatments. So if you're in one of the hospitals here in Cork and you're going for a scan, so you're going for a CT scan or an MRI scan or you are receiving treatments such as chemotherapy or radiotherapy and if you don't have a medical card if you don't have private health insurance or maybe you do have private health insurance and the actual scheme you're on is a scheme whereby not everything is covered and you have to pay a shortfall in that situation if you don't pay up on time the HSC it seems is sending debt collectors your way and some of the amounts can be for as low as 80 euro. Now, you know, for scans, they can cost from 800 euros over a thousand euros treatment similar. Uh, but when you're sick, the last thing you are thinking about is how can I go and pay this particular bill? 
your mind is elsewhere. It's not that you don't want to pay it, it's just you're not thinking straight at that particular time. Your family are worried, so it isn't top of their priority list. And then when you get the bill, maybe towards the end of your treatment or you have got the bill and you find the bill and you're looking at this and you're wondering, how can I pay for this? And then you're in a situation of, I'll have to try and pay in instalments. By that time, you then are receiving a letter from a debt collector and that's the last thing you want to be receiving if you are unwell. So discussing that this morning, the Irish Cancer Society are trying to combat this and change the ruling around this as well. They have issued advice for patients who may be affected by this but we'll speak with them shortly on the programme on how indeed they are going to try and combat this. It probably will be next year at this stage before they deal with this with the health department. And also I mentioned phones there and people having problems with phones and insurance. Something else that was highlighted to us over the Christmas New Year's period was delays in South Dock services. Now nothing really to do with the South Dock service itself. This is a worry amongst GPs. We've discussed this before for GPs in rural areas of Cork. This is how A lack of new GPs coming into the system. A lot of these new GPs are young. They want to work in urban areas, but also a lot of these particular GPs now want to work abroad for experience, but also better terms and conditions, better quality of life. And that's the big thing these days when it comes to people who are starting out in a profession. The quality of life sometimes, even though they might be getting better money as well abroad, but the quality of life is as important as money these days. I think we've learned from the mistakes of the past uh, from people who maybe had a good wage but then had no quality of life and affected their own families or even them starting a family or buying a house and all that type of thing. So a lot of GPs are relocating and those who are staying in Ireland are staying in the urban areas. It's affecting though areas of Cork City and it's affecting a lot of areas in Cork County and that led to a lot of delays in some services over the Christmas period. We're speaking with Dr Nick Flynn who's a doctor based in Holly Hill. Uh, He was working obviously enough over the Christmas with South Dock also but his concern is the ageing GPs in the Cork area and a lot of them that were working with him over Christmas a lot of those are gone beyond retirement age so if they should be retired and they're still working because maybe there's no one to take over the practice but they are working still when they do eventually go they're gone and who will replace them if there's no one coming up behind them to replace them? Anyhow, uh, we're discussing that this morning. Maybe you have a story to share about trying to visit your GP over Christmas or indeed GPs themselves or your own GP who has retired and now you're looking for a new GP surgery or indeed trying to access your GP and waiting two or three days to get to see him or her. Uh, discussing that this morning on the show. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103 and also kickstarting your new year the healthy way and some tips and advice from our nutritionist Annalisa Drizel she'll be joining us after midday so if you have are looking for some advice and maybe looking for some knowledge on where you can go and how you can get healthy for the new year everybody looks towards a health kick this time of the year well Annalisa will join us after midday also I'm conscious a lot of colds and flus around this time of the year so because of that if you have a question for her she'll get to those as well after midday so our lines are open 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet this morning at C103Cork or email jp at c103.ie. 
first show of 2019. Our lines are open 1850-333-103. Our text service is back up and running. So if you want to text us, you can do that right now. Text 0862-103-103. Or indeed, you can WhatsApp on the same number and we'll get your calls and comments across the morning. Now, we'll be discussing the situation to do with those who are receiving letters from debt collectors from the HSE about bills outstanding. But first of all, before I get to that, just a few scams that have come into us over the Christmas period. Want to mention those because a lot of people have been in contact with us about various scams they have been hit by and indeed come across over Christmas. One, and I actually got this particular text myself and it's been doing the rounds for a while so I presume there was a scam. I didn't click on it but it came in on your normal text, not even a WhatsApp, your normal text and it says you have been mentioned on this photo and there's a link and a lot of people would obviously enough click on the link. When you see a message like that you're going to click on the link but anyhow the link I didn't click on but some people unfortunately did and the link is obviously spam. It will uh, allegedly the link will show you the photo you're actually supposed to be tagged in or mentioned in however it is a fraudulent link it doesn't open any photo but it can harm your phone so if you do get a text and it won't go uh, to your Viber or your WhatsApp or your Facebook Messenger it will go to your actual own text your SMS on your phone if you do receive that take note it will say you have been mentioned in this photo uh, but obviously you are not mentioned in any photo it's a scam and I presume what will happen is they do try and take some of your information uh, from your phone a lot of people these days on their phone of course have online banking have a lot of personal details and that to get into the wrong hands is the last thing you need so uh, just to take note of that new scam going around not a new scam but kind of coming around again and it has over the Christmas period it hit people in Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day particularly and also scams a lot of people would have been chilling out over Christmas New Year's if they were lucky enough to chill out and Netflix would have been used but a new scam from a company claiming to be Netflix a phishing scam this is it's by email and they're basically saying to you uh, that you haven't looked after your Netflix account you haven't paid them you need to fill out extra details to keep your account current all of that anyhow it is a scam so if you do get an email pretending to be from a company looking after Netflix it's a scam and they're all about updating payments and all of that type of thing so just be aware of those two scams which are doing the rounds over the last week or so and making the papers then over Christmas your views welcome on this this is regarding TDs and senators and how they are to be be offered mindful classes to deal with the stress of their work. It was a report in the Irish Independent before New Year's Eve and a report of the politicians at Linster House will be offered the service from this year. It's over fears that they're not looking after their mental health and the Count Corla has said the politicians are struggling to look after themselves and deal with the pressure of their role. Uh, that coming out uh, over just before New Year's Eve. Your view on that? Do you feel TDs and senators in this country, they have a tough role and that they should be offered mindfulness classes or uh, do you feel that they should not be because who's paying for the classes? Anyhow, your views welcome on that and a lot of talk about the weather. It's been a warm Christmas for this time of the year but things could get cold. You might have noticed a chill in the year yesterday. Well, met Aaron saying we could be in for a bitterly cold January and possibly 
a similar weather system that came to us last March of 2018, known as the Beast from the East, that could arrive again. It looks like, uh, according to the Met Office in the UK and our own Met Aaron here, uh, that same weather system is gathering and it could bring low temperatures like we saw back in March last year. That could happen again this year and possibly in January. Now, temperatures high enough today, but yesterday it was noticeable that it was cooler, uh, a lot colder than it was over the last a few weeks on the lead up to Christmas so we'll keep you updated on that but it seems the beast from the east could be making a return sometime anyhow in January not too sure how badly we will get it here in the Cork area and it seems that our addiction to fizzy drinks has no sign of abating because the figures that have come out for sugar tax for last year shows the tax generated 16.5 million euros now the tax of course was introduced in May and it was in a bid to curb sales of the high calorie sugar sweetened drinks that are on sale a lot of this was to do with the warning contribution these drinks we're having to our high levels of obesity in this country and they presume that if those drinks got dearer that people might not buy them well it doesn't seem to have gone that way it seems that people are still investing in these particular drinks and a big intake for tax for the government I'm sure uh, they're happy with the intake of taxes people still uh, go and buy sugary drinks despite uh, all the warnings that are now on them and indeed uh, the extra amount of money on sugary drinks uh, they still bring in a lot of money for the government and I don't know if you noticed this over maybe Christmas when the roads are supposed to be a bit quieter even though I think traffic levels were high enough during daytime anyway of the days over Christmas but this is how young professionals and these will be people in their 20s early 30s they're turning for help and why? Well they can't let their phone down basically they constantly are looking at their smartphones but more worrying is people driving and looking at their smartphones and that is as bad now as speed and drink or drug driving and if you are at traffic lights or indeed if you're on a road driving which is more worrying on a main road and you see a car coming towards you and the driver is looking up and looking down and looking up and looking down you're more or less wondering why is he looking up and down so much uh, more than likely that driver could be texting or at traffic lights if you're ever stopped at a junction of traffic lights and you look around and the car next to you maybe the car behind you you can see people looking down and you're wondering why are they looking down they're looking down at their phone a lot of people have their phone on the lap and they're texting or what's worse still they're scrolling through their phone and they're scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Now, why you can't leave that until you get home, I don't know, but people are doing that. And it's a worry, especially amongst younger drivers and indeed younger people in general. They just seemingly cannot leave down the smartphone. Have you noticed that yourself? Let me know if you think you have over the Christmas period. A lot of people have done so. At 1850-333-103. You can text on WhatsApp 0862103103. And something, uh, speaking of the roads, I came across this this morning. I was travelling from Killarney uh, earlier on this morning. I was at a wedding yesterday and no, the voice and the breathing has nothing to do with the wedding. I have a chest infection long before the wedding ever came and I left the wedding very early uh, just after the first dance because I knew I was working today and we have a busy show and lining up things for the week and the year ahead. Uh, but driving back from Killarney to our studio here in Mallow where I am today and this would be beyond Rathmore you're back into Cork and the junction beyond Ballymercourt Cross one of the next turnoffs for Kenturk there was a milk lorry in front of me he was doing a good enough speed about 90k or so and, you know, he was doing the speed limit he wasn't driving slow or anything or she wasn't driving slow whoever was on the truck and there was a build up of cars behind but again you know, it wasn't a slow speed anybody was driving and the truck 
was turning left for Kenturk. And next thing, there's a string of cars behind me at this stage. I'm behind the truck. There must be five or six cars behind me. As he's turning left to go to Kenturk, there's a car at the junction of Kenturk just about to pull out and head, I think, in the direction of Mallow. While the truck is slowing down, a car passes out three or four cars behind me, passes out me, passes out the truck. And I knew there was a junction ahead. And I was going, if this person in the car coming out of the junction pulls out, because if you see a truck coming towards you, he's indicating to turn into that junction, you are going to pull out because you know there's no car going to be coming behind the truck at that speed because the truck was slowing down. And you don't expect a car to be coming up the other side of the road. But the car did. He came up the other side of the road, past the truck. Now, luckily, I presume the driver who was at the junction did see the car or was just a very cautious driver and just decided to hold off until the truck actually went into that particular junction because that driver had pulled out, turning, heading back towards Duhallow or even going towards Mallow. There could have been a very, very serious accident on that road. That's just some of what I witnessed on one morning on the roads. If you've witnessed that bad type of driving over the last few weeks, let us know. It's a story making the papers this morning on bad driving to do with phones. You can be looking at bad driving in many different ways. Let us know if you've come across something like that over the Christmas period. I mean, that situation this morning uh, could have gone very, very wrong indeed. Only that particular driver at the Kenturk Junction held back and stayed and didn't move out because, again, you don't know when you're pulling out of a junction and there's a truck pulling into that particular junction that there's going to be a car at the other side of the road passing the truck and heading on towards Mallow. So it could have really been a different story this morning. Anyhow, your views on driving conditions, driving habits, have they got worse over the last while? Let us know. 1850-333-103 or you can text on WhatsApp 86 I want to pay tribute though uh, to a family that we have spoken to over the last year or so and this is the Doyle family from, from uh, Kildare. Uh, tributes are being paid today to seven-year-olds Fionn Doyle. Fionn lost his long battle with cancer yesterday. He was diagnosed with leukaemia more than five years ago and doctors confirmed that his illness was terminal last May. Now his condition deteriorated at Halloween and because of that his family celebrated Christmas on December the 8th. Now the little boy Fionn he did continue his fight. He did see Christmas Day, but unfortunately, he passed away in the early hours of New Year's Day. You might remember us speaking to his mum last August. Uh, she was on social media and we spoke with her and she wanted people to send him a card for his seventh birthday. And the response was overwhelming. Uh, thousands of people from all over the world uh, sending young young cards. We spoke with the family and you would have seen videos on the C103 Facebook from Kildallery on that particular day of his birthday and they were all really grateful and overjoyed at that the sport they got at that particular time uh, but this morning we remember young Fionn Doyle and our sympathies to the Doyle family uh, on his passing on New Year's Day uh, he was surrounded of course by family uh, yesterday so again sympathies to the Doyle family in Kildallery uh, may he rest in peace our lines are open 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 now patients who are 
are and have undergone treatment for cancer are being chased after by debt collectors. Now, the Irish Cancer Society has decided to publish advice because of the fear this has caused some patients. And joining me is Paul Gordon, Policy and Public Affairs Manager with the Irish Cancer Society. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, thank you for having me. And Happy New Year to you. Now, this is a tough enough time for many cancer patients without dealing with debt collector agencies. We have heard of this before and many thought this might have gone away, but it seems that it's still going on. What exactly are they going after patients for? We presume that it is something like MRI scans and treatment for chemotherapy and radiotherapy and those type of bills. And I presume it's people who are falling through the stools from medical cards who don't have a medical card and don't have private health insurance. Well, that's precisely it, John Paul. So, so currently, cancer patients who don't have private health insurance or a medical card pay a, an inpatient charge of €80 Euro for each treatment session they have, and that's usually up to a maximum of €800 Euro in a calendar year. So that means patients having treatment like chemo or radiotherapy have to pay a significant amount at a time of great emotional, physical, and, and quite importantly, financial stress. Uh, so on top of this, we've been told by, by a number of patients having treatment that they've received letters from debt collection agencies which are chasing them for these charges and suggesting that uh, a debt collector may call directly to their house, that they may have judgments against them, which will be published in the Stubbs Gazette. Patients are also receiving uh, a number of frequent automated phone calls from collection agencies. And all of this can really have the impact of terrifying patients and families who can be unable to afford ch- these charges and who are going through a very difficult a very difficult time, not only emotionally but also financially. Um, so it is HSC policy uh, set out in their financial regulations that hospitals should use collection agencies if a patient hasn't paid the inpatient charge within seven weeks of receiving an invoice. Um, so we believe this is an unfair practice on top of, of quite an unfair charge and that, and that and we're calling on the HSC to immediately end this practice of referring cancer patients' debt to collection agencies. Yeah, I mean, families are going through enough if you have a loved one in hospital uh, getting a treatment for cancer, whether that be chemotherapy, radiotherapy, going through certain scans without having the worry then of a letter from a, a debt collection agency. A lot of people might have forgotten to pay the bill because of the worry of the treatment. But also, uh, Paul, I don't know if you're hearing this, uh, we have got calls in the past from people who have private medical insurance but it isn't a scheme that would cover everything and they don't get everything covered so they still have to pay all of the scans and treatment themselves. They're also being targeted by the HSC in different ways to pay the shortfall that isn't covered totally by the health insurance. Are you seeing that as well from debt collectors? We haven't heard as yet that debt collectors are after those type people but we have heard the HSC not pressurising them but coming after them to pay a shortfall in a bill if they haven't done so within a certain time frame. Yes, we haven't we haven't heard yet of those of those types of charges being referred to debt collectors at the moment, but it is it is certainly depending on on your your private insurance provider and your your, your package. Uh, you may be you may be forced to pay to pay additional charges that that the health insurance provider isn't isn't willing to isn't willing to uh, provide or doesn't cover on their on their plan. Yeah, and it is a costly affair. I mean, you, you kind of forget, I suppose, when you're in. Uh, the thick of it and you're going through all the various motions that go through dealing with various illnesses in a hospital but it can be a very costly time. It is, of course. Uh, so, so we undertook a, a study a couple of years ago called the Real Cost of Cancer, which took a look at um, the, the the expenditure a patient has after a cancer diagnosis, and it's something you don't often really think about uh, before you get the, the bad news that you do have you do have cancer. Uh, and often, uh, so what, what our study found was that people were paying 
um, around €800 Euro a month extra in new charges, things like the inpatient charges, things like prescription charges for people uh, on, on medical cards uh, and out-of-pocket payments on drugs, along with things you don't really consider until until you have a diagnosis yourself, such as increased electricity bills because you may feel you may feel the, the, the cold a little more, um, new uh, sanitary products that, that, that you need as, as a result of your diagnosis and that are, that are helpful in your in your in your recovery and your treatment and these are things that people don't often consider at the start of a diagnosis and that's that's alongside uh, a significant loss loss of income that people can have especially for people who are a single income family where the earn the earner um the main earner in the family uh, does become ill or people who are self-employed and who often get very very little in the way of state benefits that support them through their illness yeah, and speaking of all of that then, because of, of this, you have put together a debt collection advice leaflet, which is available online and also I'm sure in various hospitals. Just online, what people can do if they do find themselves in this situation. There's some very good points here on this particular leaflet. I have it here in front of me. But uh, overall, what are the main aspects if people do find themselves in this situation whereby they are getting letters from a debt collection agency or indeed if a hospital is chasing them for a shortfall in a bill and they are going through cancer treatment? Yes, well, I think in the first place, uh, what we'd say is that people shouldn't ignore bills, but try to engage with the hospital's finance manager and, and their medical social worker team. So as, as the first port of call, uh, we, we think people should, should contact the finance manager and patient accounts at the hospital where they are retrieve, receiving patients so they can discuss these charges. Because some hospitals do put in place a waiver where, where, where people may be experiencing financial hardship. It's very hard. There's no, there's no, there's no national guidelines on this, which, which makes it unclear, but we do we have heard of many patients who have had had charges waived because they're having financial difficulty finance managers can put in place payment plans um and 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 that is that is while it's not ideal it can be helpful for people going through going through a difficult time financially um so we would in, as a first port of call uh, before receiving any letters but from a debt collection agency but if you're if you're receiving invoices for these charges to talk to finance manager and in the case of receiving debt collectors uh, letters we, we would also advise patients to go back to to the hospital because we have heard from a number of patients that they that while they've been subjected to letters and phone calls that they have engaged with finance managers in the hospitals afterwards um, and they can find out information about that through their medical social workers through our daffodil centres in a number of hospitals across the country uh, by calling our nurse line at 1-800-200-700 and we've also found that uh, legally while agencies can pursue debt they can't make make, uh, demands that are, are, are so frequent that you would judge them to be harassment uh, and that can include turning up at your house and if there is more extreme behaviour like that from debt collection agencies you can report the matter to to, to Angarda Siakona. Um, if you are still having trouble after that there are free legal advice centres right across the country and we, we would advise people to to seek advice from those centres because we, we have heard in the past that it can be very helpful for patients. Yeah, and I know you mentioned at the start there you have been fighting this uh, with the Minister for Health over the last few years. Uh, nothing happens. It was mentioned this year, but nothing really happened. Are you hopeful that in Budget 2020 uh, that something will be brought into place to abolish the unfair inpatient charges and deal with this particular situation? We do, and it's something that we've campaigned on over a number of years. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there was no progress in Budget 2020 last year, uh, but, but we are hopeful with 
the, we've received significant support from patients right across the country in our campaign last year we saw over 6,000 signatures on our, on our online petition um, and, and it's something that we'll be working on hard over the coming year in the meantime what we would like to see is an end to this unfair practice it, it seems as though the HSC have been have been encouraging um, uh, greater cash collection over the past number of years between 2011 and 2017, uh, the, the, the spend by by, host, by the HSE on uh, on debt collection agencies has gone up by 70 percent. At Cork University Hospital, it, it is the highest spender uh, at 87,000 in um, 2017, and we know that in the first the first six months of last year. Um, uh, Cork University Hospital spent fifty two thousand uh, on debt collection collection agencies, which is as much as they spent in the entire year of twenty eleven. So it's clear that the, that their hospitals are being encouraged to use debt collection agencies, and we really don't think this is a fair practice, especially for patients who are having a very difficult time and and who may not be able to afford charges or who may simply have forgotten in the midst and the confusion and the the chaos of 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 a diagnosis and treatment uh, that that they they had to pay these charges. Yeah, and then you have the HSC paying these debt collecting agencies. So you'd wonder, is it actually making financial sense at all because they're paying them? They're chasing on the fee. You mentioned figures there, 52,000. I mean, we've seen figures over the years as high as that. You'd wonder, is that just a waste of resources as well in the HSC? And could they tackle this a different way if they do need to get the money on people rather than debt collectors? And even thinking of that route at all, it would be a different situation, a different outcome for many people. And we wouldn't be dealing with this situation maybe today if they did go down this road and, and wasting money with debt collectors. Well, precisely because the HSE in twenty in twenty seventeen spent six hundred thousand on debt collection agencies, which is a hell of a hell of a lot of money uh, to to be chasing uh, patients who are, who are often quite ill um, to to pay their bills. It's something that we we really think there should be a stop to. Unfortunately, we do we don't really know what the what the return to the HSE is on that six hundred thousand. They may see that as an investment, but we certainly wouldn't see it that way. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully this year they will listen to you and something will be implemented in the budget for 2020. And if people have any concerns, that they can contact yourselves and you have a phone number where people can get in contact if they have concerns or find themselves in this situation. Yes, if anyone has any has any concerns or find themselves in this situation, they, they can call our, our, our cancer nurse line at 1-800-200-700 if they'd like to read any advice. Uh, if they are going through this issue with debt collection agencies, they can visit is www.cancer.ie forward slash debt collection advice. Okay, and as as you're on, I see a few texts and one from Mary. Uh, Have the Irish Cancer Society advice this year for those who wish to give up smoking? And I know every year you do have advice on your website if people do want to give up smoking. It's something that comes around every new year. Uh, People look to the health kick and they look about changing their life and smoking is one thing. And you always offer support at this time of the year, as you do all year round anyhow, for those who wish to give up smoking, Paul. We do, of course, and they can visit our website at www.cancer.ie. And we know that, uh, that that the majority of smokers do want to quit, but often it can be it can be a push, and then it's it's really welcome that people do consider it at this time of year because it does add significant value in, in terms of not 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 only your your physical and, and mental well being, but your financial well being as well in the long term. 
Yeah, well, we'll wait and see what happens with the other situation for the moment. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, That's Paul Gordon there, Policy and Public Affairs Manager with the Irish Cancer Society. Our lines are open, 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. It's 2019, it's Cork Today. Good morning to you. Our lines are open, 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And over Christmas period, New Year's, a lot of Christmas Day swims, a lot of New Year swims took place. So well done to everybody who was involved in all those various swims, a lot of those raising money for various charities across the county. So well done who took part on those. I know a lot of photos on social media and indeed in the papers over the last week or so and again today. So a lot of people enjoyed their Christmas Day swims, even though temperatures were cold in the seas, still crowds came out in force. And one event that took place then, and it's a traditional event in various areas of Cork is the Rin Boys and Girls or the Ran Boys and Girls it can be pronounced either way depending where you're from and one took part in Mealing it's a big event every year in Mealing and this year again it took place and €3,600 was made by the Mealing Rin Boys and Girls this year so well done to you and the money this year uh, it'll be presented to the Mallow Search and Rescue Unit also to Cancer Connect and Grow and that will take place on this coming Friday night in the pub in Wheeling from 8.30 everybody is welcome and a grin a thanks to everybody who came out and supported the great causes over the Christmas period in Wheeling that is from Anne-Marie so well done Anne-Marie and all the gang there all the Rim Boys and Girls in Wheeling 3,600 euros for great causes Grow Cancer Connect and Mallow Search and Rescue and if you did organise one of those swims that we did mention over the Christmas and New Year's period and you want to let people know how much you raise let us know we'll let people know this morning 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 more of your calls and comments next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. You could also call Bernie this morning, 1850-333-103. I mentioned there earlier, we were speaking with Paul Gordon from the Irish Cancer Society about how they're trying to combat debt collectors who are chasing patients. And these are people who are receiving treatment within hospitals, uh, people going through chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and indeed getting various MRIs scans and they have to pay this 80 euro inpatient fee first and then there's all the other charges that go with that but it happened to Anna and we were mentioning debt collectors Anna was on to us to say that this happened to me I didn't even know about this 80 euro charge that you get when you enter the hospital first we did get the letter from the HSC but with everything going on with myself I forgot and so did my family because we were all worried with everything that was happening to us at that time. We then received a letter from the HSC and then a letter from a debt collector agency. I just felt with everything going on in my life that it was disgusting. And it is, I mean, HSC and hospitals, they are supposed to be a caring uh, society, a caring place. And I know they have to make money to keep everything going. But surely, and this is what the Irish Cancer Society are trying to combat now uh, with the health minister and the Department of Health in this particular situation. Surely, though, when people are in a time of need and if they are unable to pay for the various treatments in hospital for cancer or also unable to pay for that 80 euro 80 euro, it's a lot of money 
to a lot of people but at the same time compared to what you're paying for a scan it's not a huge amount of money and to think that people are getting letters from debt collectors for 80 euro like Anna is in a time when you're going through cancer treatment your children are very worried about you your partner be that wife or husband or whatever is very worried about you your entire friends and family are worried and then this is thrown in your face while you are going through everything you are in a hospital. I mean, it just seems very wrong. It doesn't look like a supportive or caring environment that hospitals are supposed to be when you were getting letters like this. Now, it's no fault to any of the medical staff in hospitals, but it is something the HSC management needs to look at and hopefully that will overchange within the budget next year or this year even for the budget next year. And James says, how bad are hospitals if they are doing this to people? Surely those running hospital groups can understand why people can forget to pay these charges or indeed if they're unable to pay bills set up an instalment situation for them why in God's name are they spending big sums of money on debt collectors and we heard they have spent 52,000 euros on debt collecting agencies imagine if that amount of money was invested into the health service how that could change things anyhow James on text with that particular comment 1850 or you can text on WhatsApp 086 2103 and a lot of calls in by the way on that issue of debt collectors and how people have been affected with that particular issue of debt collectors chasing them for hospital bills more calls and comments on that after 11 and Christmas TV a lot of people unhappy with their Christmas viewing on TV over the New Year's and Christmas period what's your view on that we'll get to those texts uh, some people not happy with this selection on offer what was your view though did you enjoy Christmas TV or were you disgusted with the lack of choice anyhow let us know you can call Bernie 1850 text or whatsapp 86 those calls and comments and a lot more calls and comments are welcome 1850 Bernie takes your calls this morning or you can text or whatsapp 86 now I was mentioning earlier and we spoke with Paul Gordon from the Irish Cancer Society and this was to do with patients who are ill and a lot of them are receiving treatment for cancer at the moment but they are being chased after by debt collectors basically because when you enter a hospital you are given an inpatient fee a lot of people have so much going on they don't realise that they don't pay the fee maybe they don't have the money to pay the particular fee in general or pay a lot of the treatment they are receiving for various reasons for uh, one of them could be they might have a medical card the other reason could be uh, their health insurance doesn't cover every single thing. Their scheme they're on doesn't cover everything for them. So various reasons why they cannot pay everything uh, there and then to the hospital. And we did speak and we heard from people who had been chased by debt collectors and the Irish Cancer Society are trying to combat this now with the uh, Department of Health and hopefully things will change if not this year, next year. A lot of people are unhappy that hospitals are actually doing this and what we didn't realise until we were speaking to the Cancer Society, the amount of money that is given from the hospitals, from the HSC, to debt collectors. One figure we heard there earlier was of €52,000. Now imagine that money being reinvested into the health service. Anyhow, 
on that one of the suggestions from the Cancer Society was to call the guardie if you were being hassled or harassed by debt collectors because of them chasing you for hospital bills Jim on text feels that it wouldn't be much use calling the guardie if you were being hassled by debt collectors as he said they were the ones that stood side by side with the bailiffs in Roscommon where people were being pulled out by their ears and dragged and assaulted Uh, so Jim having his own view on that he also uh, dealing with that particular situation uh, feels sorry and this is what we mentioned earlier the passing of young Fionn uh, from uh, Kildallery and of course we did hear the story uh, earlier before Christmas of uh, his parents and the danger they had in losing their own home to vulture funds and how indeed we have this situation of cancer patients who can't afford the treatment and hospital bills uh, Jim saying there's no comparison from these vulture funds who were invited in into this particular country by Michael Noonan at the time and there's going to be a lot more confrontations Jim feels with bailiffs and especially if these type of evictions are going to become the norm across 2019 also unfair that people who are suffering from cancer are being hit with these huge bills from hospitals and then they're chasing them with debt collectors Jim thank you for your text and WhatsApp on that to text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and also there I was mentioning the fact that that with all the money and all the money being chased on people and we have uh, people being chased for money for health reasons or for mortgage reasons and I did mention that uh, TDs and senators are to be offered mindfulness classes to deal with the stress of their work. Now this was a report I came across in the Irish Independent just before New Year's and politicians at Leinster House will be offered the service from this year. It's over fears that the politicians are not looking after their mental health or dealing with the pressure of their role within Leinster House and indeed in general. Well, John and Tech saying they seem to have plenty of money so to pay the TDs and indeed then to pay the TDs and senators expenses uh, the poor overworked people feels John really I suppose putting the point that uh, could this money be reinvested elsewhere and maybe it doesn't agree uh, with mindfulness and money being spent on mindfulness for politicians your views on that 1850 333103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and I got a few texts earlier this morning uh, people are not happy with Christmas TV Pat says I was watching TV over Christmas in particular RTE who we pay our licence fee to and I felt it wasn't good enough for the Christmas period a lot of rubbish on television says Pat on text while another text was saying Christmas television was shameful with repeats and films and they expect us to pay a licence fee for that type of stuff uh, while another text here Janice in Mitchell Sound says how many times was Harry Potter and the Hobbit film shown on television over Christmas at one stage I was watching one of those films on RTE1 I flicked to another channel and there it was again on that channel uh, just a total load of films and repeats surely they could have come up with something else over the year to show over the Christmas period I was disappointed especially with our national broadcaster as we pay a licence fee to them. Surely there was something of a public service interest they could have shown us over the Christmas period, says Janice in Mitchellstown. It's a text 0862103103. Yeah, a lot of people are unhappy with the Christmas schedule on all TV channels, it would seem, in particular on the one that you pay your licence for. And within that, there is a few comments in from Joan who says, yeah, it wasn't great on television over Christmas, but I did enjoy the Christmas special 
specials of Fair City of Mrs. Brown's Boys and indeed the Young Offenders. I did find uh, those funny and I enjoyed them and they were Irish. Uh, so despite the unhappiness with all the schedule, I was happy overall with those particular Christmas specials on Christmas night. So Joan, not too upset uh, with Christmas TV but what's your view uh, were you happy with Christmas TV did you even care about Christmas TV did you get a chance to watch TV over Christmas were you too busy out doing other things uh, your view on that some people have mixed views uh, majority not happy with it but like Joan was happy with the Irish Christmas specials that she saw anyhow on Christmas night your views are welcome on Christmas TV did you feel that it was total rubbish like Pash or have you different views like Joan 1850 333103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 086 And on money we are going to get two new coins this year in Ireland and this is to mark 100 years of Doyle Aaron. A new commemorative two euro coin is to be launched into circulation this year by the Central Bank to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the meeting of the first Doyle and and a million of these coins are expected to be put into circulation uh, in the first few weeks of this year. I think they're going to contain the words uh, the first Doyle or Onkea Doyle on the particular coins. 1,000 uh, new commemorative wait for this. 100 euro gold coins will be created and issued also. They are having an official launch of this in two weeks' time, uh, but the coins due to be released over the course of this month. So, uh, two new coins to mark the 100 years of Doyle Air and Euro coins, that is, of course. Uh, 1850 333 103. Lines open. Text on WhatsApp 0862103103. And I was mentioning earlier about driving and people on the phones and those noticing bad drivers over the New Year's and Christmas period. Elisa saying, I totally agree. I was at a junction recently. I stopped and I was looking around just at various things. And I did notice people in the car behind me, in the car next to me, everybody looking downwards, not even looking at the traffic lights. And when the lights went green, I drove off. But it was about five or ten seconds when I realised the cars at the right hand side of me and behind me never drove off. They were too busy, I would presume, Lisa says, looking at their phones. Surely others have seen this on our roads also. And they have, because uh, John's saying, I think there should be some more laws and more harsh laws brought in about those using uh, their mobile phones while driving. We have harsh laws on drink driving, which John feels are unfair to those in rural areas already in place. But then we have people driving around on their phones and getting away with it. It's unfair. Why have we one law for one part of the society and a different law for others who use their phones while driving, says John. And that comes on the back of another report today in the papers to do with people. And this is young people in their 20s and early 30s who are addicted to their phones and are receiving help because of their addiction to phone use. They simply cannot put down the phone and this equates into driving as well. While people are driving along our roadways, they simply cannot drop the phone when there are traffic lights or on a road, even while they are driving on a straight road. A lot of people have said, yeah, they will pick up the phone and glance at it, which is a worry. If you are driving on a road, you know there's a driver coming towards you who may be more interested 
on a text message, on a WhatsApp, on an Instagram post or whatever it is, than actually looking on where they should be placed on the road. Anyhow, your views on that are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. I have another email as well in about the roads. I'll get to that in a while. Uh, but shortly, I'm not too sure if maybe a lot of people were suffering from various illnesses over Christmas, like flus and colds, or in general, do you find it hard to actually reach your GP? Because it seems now it's a worry among GPs that we've a lot of GPs who are ageing, who are beyond retirement age, but are still working in the system. But over uh, the period in the last two weeks, South Dock services were extremely busy. And the reason why is because of a lack of GPs and those GPs who were serving the areas should have been retired. We're discussing that next. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for Ben service station. They have vacancies for deli staff, shop assistants, full and part-time. Now, training will be provided there. You can call 021-743-6904 or you can email your CV to dmbelnablaw at gmail.com. And a fitness instructor is wanted at Skibberine Sports Centre. You must be available to teach classes early mornings, evenings and weekends. Previous experience is an advantage and you can email your CV to mary at skibsportscentre.com. You'll find these details and more job opportunities online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. This is C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now over the New Year's and Christmas period, we have heard from people who were waiting out South Dock over that particular period. Many were unhappy with the delays, but the reason for all these delays is there is demand now on not only South Dock but on services from GPs as a lot of GPs have retired in rural areas. People have moved to GPs in that particular area who have already a practice but they are taking on new patients and because of this and because you have only the same amount of doctors in that surgery uh, there is going to be delays, obviously enough, if you're bringing in a new amount of patients into a surgery and you have the same amount of doctors in that particular town because one practice is gone, you are going to have delays. This uh, was something that Dr. Nick Flynn, a GP in Holly Hill, was tweeting about over Christmas from his own point of view. And Dr. Nick joins me this morning. Dr. Nick, good morning to you. Good morning, John Paul. Happy New Year. And many happy returns. Uh, you had a busy Christmas period and like everybody working in the medical service, you know, you were on call over Christmas and that is expected. But the one thing that is worrying is at one stage I saw a tweet from you that you had 60 patients to be seen and you were trying to get around to house calls and visit, visit as many patients as you could along with other GPs. But the worrying thing is a lot of GPs are at retirement age and where do we go from here? Dr. Nick, when we have GPs who really were on call over Christmas, who shouldn't have been on call? Uh, well, I, I suppose the first thing I say is that we are seeing across the, the health service, including general practice, increased demands on the services. And our population is increasing, so we're looking after more patients. Our population is ageing, so older people require more medical care than younger people. And, that, and, and that's, that's, that's part of the reason why we're, we're seeing increased demand on the service. But then as you rightly identified, we're seeing the ability of certainly community services, but also hospital services, to respond to 
that increased demand is being limited because we've got we haven't got enough doctors and nurses basically uh, and and certainly in when you look at what was happening with South Dock over Christmas uh, and that shift that you're referring to in particular. So South Dock was quite busy over Christmas. This isn't available yet. The initial reports are that the usage was in line with last year, but I did three shifts and I felt it was busier. So I felt there was, there was more people looking for out-of-hours visits last year, or sorry, this year than last year. But however, that particular shift, when I started that shift, there were 60 patients waiting to be seen. There was five house calls pending, and that was full capacity for the amount of doctors that were working that shift. So at the start of the shift, we had no available appointments for the rest of the shift. So another doctor had to come in, kind of unscheduled, an emergency doctor came in uh, and helped out. But the really, really remarkable thing, uh, John Paul, about, about that particular shift is that we had four doctors on duty uh, and the ages of the four doctors were hopelessly sitting down. We had one doctor aged 75, one doctor aged 69, and one doctor aged 65. So, uh, and I was, a, I was a nipper at 45. So you, you can see when you look at the that's the ageing workforce in general practice that we're dealing with and all those doctors are very experienced, very good doctors. No question that they weren't able for the job. No question that they shouldn't have been there. The question is, when they're gone, when they retire, do we have doctors to replace them? And unfortunately, the answer to that across the country is no, but in particular in rural areas and in some disadvantaged urban areas, we won't have doctors. We're seeing it in East Cork. East Cork is basically closed from the general practice point of view. Uh, one of my city practices had a patient register with them from the Waterford side of Yall uh, before Christmas. And that's because Yall itself is closed, the doctor's list are closed, and they're not taking on new patients. So it's it's remarkable, really, uh, that we've got to this situation. But it's successive governments have not addressed the problems. And so the problems are that we're training young doctors who not, we're not retaining because the conditions the conditions of service provision. So they tell us that they're leaving because they cannot provide a service. They cannot get uh, tests. They cannot get x-rays and MRIs for their patients. They cannot get timely uh, consultant opinions for their patients. And they feel that the system doesn't uh, value them, that the, the HSE and the, and the politicians don't value them. So they leave further systems. So we're not retaining our doctors and that is uh, leading to a situation where we can't replace the doctors who are retiring. So while we have a demand for a service on the increase, there, even though there is GPs coming up, is it that they just don't want to work in Ireland? They're choosing to work abroad because of the situation within the HSC and they feel like they can't do the best for their patients because of the situation they're in or the bubble they're in with the HSC? Well, that, that, that's it exactly. I mean, I mean, I fully expect it because we did ask them my own practice, the training practice, we train GPs. And three of our last nine GPs are now working abroad. And like I, I anticipated that when we were going to ask them, they would say, oh, look, make, look, the money was better abroad. That would be the number one answer. That was actually the fourth reason. Their own remuneration was their fourth reason that they, that they left. The main reason they left, as we said, the system is broken. They can't get access to tests, so they feel they're managing patients. Their arms can be tied behind their backs. They can't get x-rays. They can't get MRIs. They can't get ultrasound scans. You know, and then they can't get timely consultant uh, appointments either. I mean, it's, it's absolutely disgraceful that, that it takes two to three years to see a neurologist or to see an eye doctor or to see an orthopedic or a bone doctor. Um, and, and, and you've got workarounds developing where we're sending, like our old, frail, vulnerable patients are going on a bus to Belfast for cataract surgery. 
Mm. You know, it, I mean, I, I think if, if it was 15 years ago when I started as a GP, if I was told that was where we were going to end up, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, it, it is unbelievable that that's where we're at. But there was the, the, the recent uh, report in this morning's papers that we've got the lowest doctor ratio per head of population in the OECD. So in the Western world, we've got fewer doctors per citizen than any other country. And that's why we are where we're at. And the reason for that simply is because we've allowed the system to get worn down. Yeah, and just some experience of patients who can feel where doctors are coming from and this uh, Liz saying, I was living with my own GP before Christmas waiting on a report from a condition I had from CUH. My own doctor was frustrated because at this stage, two months later, that report wasn't issued to her from CUH because CUH had no staff to issue that particular report. Now, Liz saying it wasn't a serious condition, but still at the same time, it would be nice to have a final report on what caused her particular condition. And things like that are Frustrating for GPs. Oh, uh, very frustrating. I mean, you think that Liz made an appointment for this, took time out of her own busy schedule, looking after her family or time off from her job to see the doctor. So there's hours. I mean, when got gone into from Liz's point of view, going to that, that appointment, but from the doctor's point of view as well, there's, an, there's, a, there's a valuable appointment that we hope get used by patients who meet them because they're unwell. And Liz certainly needed that appointment, but the appointments for both Liz and her GP was wasted because the hospital isn't resourced in a way that allows the uh, reports to come out in a timely fashion. You know, so that was really, unfortunately, a, a wasted appointment. And, and we, need to, we need to manage the, the, the system in a way that drives waste out. The appointments don't get wasted on appointments when patients come for appointments. That the equipment that we need in order to provide the service to them is available to us. So that requires a new GP contract. It requires new resourcing to allow GPs to have equipment in their surgeries, but also that the hospitals are resourced, that we get the information on our patients that we need in a timely manner. You know, so it really comes back, uh, John Paul, to the accountability and who's who's running the ship. And we've been again running the ship now for for nearly nine years or certainly for a long time. And we don't see any real leadership coming through. General practice is contracted to so your GP, who's seeing a medical care patient all over Cork, were contracted to a 40-year-old contract. So if you were to look around the house there, anybody at home, look at your car, look at the TV, look at your phone, and then think what those things, that what, the, what did the car look like 40 years ago? What did the phone look like 40 years ago? What did the TV look like 40 years ago? And all the changes that have happened in technology through those different items in your house have also happened in healthcare but GPs are working to a 40 year old contract that was designed for the old dial up phone you know our, our contract actually is designed it's called an episodic ep- episodes of acute illness in other words colds, flus broken bones sprained ankles injuries those kind of things it's in no way designed for a modern health service where patients are getting treated for rheumatoid arthritis that, with medication that if it's not managed properly can be potentially fatal requires very, very, uh, I suppose, intensive management with blood test monitoring, all those kind of things. The the contract just does not, uh, it's not fit for purpose. And when it comes down to the accountability and the leadership, successive uh, Ministers for Health, including Leo Radker, uh, when he was Minister for Health, have promised that they would deliver on a new GP contract. However, every... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here it gets pushed in the long finger. I, I, I just give you an example there, John Paul, if you have, if you have a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the current, uh, the current uh, capitation uh, rates for patients, a patient between 6 and 16 the, the, uh, on a medical card, the GP gets paid 43 euros per year. That's to provide all services, to provide infrastructure, you know, to provide, you know, the receptionists and insurance. And that's irrespective of how often they visit. And they visit, on average, six to seven times. Up to eight, I suppose that's up to age six, but they certainly visit several times. So really, the, 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 the remuneration or the funding into general practice to allow doctors to provide infrastructure for their patients just isn't there. You know, between 16 and 45, the annual remuneration that their doctor receives for a patient between 16 and 45 years of age is 55 euros. So you can see why you have young doctors looking at the likes of you and others who are in the business now. They are looking at what you are receiving and realising into the future they cannot make money on this. They cannot sustain this with the level of work as well. Yeah. So is that why a lot of the new blood coming up that we don't have enough new blood and that we the ones that are coming through are choosing yeah. then just urban areas or indeed are deciding on, I am leaving Ireland as we mentioned earlier that they're getting out of this country. Yeah, well, they, they certainly perceive that they've got a better quality of life if they're working in an urban area. Uh, there's more doctors to share the out-of-hours burden. There's more doctors to do the South Dock shifts. Um, you know, the, the, I suppose the, the, there'll be more private patients, and private patients do subsidise, and most practices subsidise medical care practice. And that was never how it was supposed to be. I mean, the, the, the GMS contract was supposed to be a contract that resourced general practice and resourced GPs to be able to provide a service. And that's what it's about. It's about providing services to patients. And the c- current contract, as it's structured and as it's funded, doesn't allow GPs to invest in equipment, invest invest in practice nurses, invest in you know infrastructure that will allow us to uh, provide services to patients and keep patients out of hospital. Maybe you know the Shlonta Care, which is the, the new buzzword that you hear Leo Varadkar and the HSC um, talking about now. Shlonta Care. One of the the cornerstones of Shlonta Care is that services that can be provided in the community out of hospitals will be provided. So they're saying, on the one hand, they're saying, let's drive on Stone together. And then on the other hand, they're shying away from negotiating and from providing 
a new GP contract that will allow Staunton Care to flourish, that will allow GPs to have services in the community that will facilitate Staunton Care. It, you know, it, it, it really is disheartening. And I mean, other, other things that would be disheartening from our point of view would be like, you know, we've got Simon Harris before Christmas talking about winter ready clinics. Now, general practice in your GP is winter ready every single year because we know there's going to be increased demand. So we were wondering what, what, what the HSE got in store for this year with winter ready clinics. That was a press release and a soundbite that has had no substance behind it today. So there's been no such thing as a winter ready clinic. Nobody knows what they are. There's no services. But he's just allowed to say that without any accountability and without anybody calling him on the fact that, hey, you said there was winter ready clinics. What does that mean and where are they? And are they saying things like this, Nick, because uh, they know you and the system knows how it works. Your doctors are qualified in the scheme, whereas people outside of, the, of that particular medical scheme and medical side of things might not be aware. So when we hear that, we'll go, oh, right, you know, there's something new coming in. Well, in fact, as you mentioned, there's nothing, but they know they can get away with it because people aren't sure if they're going to question people in the know. And, you know, a lot of these within the government officials had been doctors, if record one of them, they think, oh, we won't question that because, you know, he's a doctor, he'll know. Whereas you're saying, no, they're wrong. There's nothing like that set up. And you can't get these clinics set up. No, and, and it doesn't exist. No, I think there is an awful lot of spin uh, and, and, and PR and marketing around how the HSC and how the Department of Health are, are, are delivering messages. I mean, the, the waiting list is, a, is another example of that where, where we've got, like, you know, tens of thousands of patients and people being removed from waiting lists, hospital waiting lists, that they've been on for maybe upwards of two years, some of them, removed without a service because they haven't replied to a validation letter. Now, of course, the HSE is, a, is entitled to make sure that everybody on the waiting list needs it, but that system is really rigged to remove patients from it rather than from finding out who absolutely doesn't need a service. So it's very easy for patients to get bumped off the system. I, I had a woman, for example, before Christmas came into me, she's a lady with a lovely woman, but with enduring mental health needs, and she got a letter from COH, uh, a validation letter, and because the reply envelope had a Dublin address, because the validation system must be centralised, I suppose, she didn't send it back. She said, that must be a mistake. It, it couldn't be a Dublin address. And she waited a week or two and came in to me. By the time she came in to discuss it with me, her time had passed. She was removed from, from the waiting list. You know, And that's like it, it really is the most vulnerable patients who will be removed. So it's the elderly, it's the patients who are homeless, patients with mental health needs, patients who are becoming a little bit forgetful. They're the patients who will be uh, deprived of services because of the way the current validation uh, scheme is running. And, and there doesn't seem to be any good conscience about how that is happening from the HSE side, to be honest. But still, it won't stop them. And once they have 10,000 patients removed, saying there are now 10,000 patients less waiting for whatever the service is, but they're not saying that 10,000 patients have received the service. They've just been removed from the waiting list and a lot of them are only removed on a short-term basis because they've been put back on by their GP. And then it can look better when they look at waiting lists because people yeah. are gone off and, and the figures might be lower. Uh, what do you make of the situation before Christmas? We had uh, Leader Varadkar in the Doyle basically saying that more people should be working over the Christmas period and uh, people shouldn't be taking holidays in the medical service over Christmas. Uh, but then they got a backlash over that. There was a lot of tweeting before Christmas saying uh, hashtag I'm at work, Leo, from those in the medical sector within hospitals primarily. 
And then on Christmas Day, uh, Taoiseach Leir Varadkar decided to go visiting hospitals and he did visit hospitals in Cork, one of those being CUH. Now, some people were saying, well done to him. He didn't need to go along and take time out on Christmas Day to visit hospitals. What did you make of that particular visit uh, to hospitals uh, after what he said a few weeks beforehand? Well, uh, I, I think it's exactly, it's exactly an example of the, uh, of the spin and of the marketing that goes, around, go, 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 goes on from uh, management within the HSC, higher management levels, and from the Department of Health and from the politicians themselves. It was pure spin. I mean, we have a crisis in the health service, there's no doubt about that. And one of the manifestations of that crisis, we all know, is that every single day, every single day of every year, so 365 days a year, there are between three and 600 patients who've been seen by accident and emergency doctors who are waiting for a bed in the hospital. So they're admitted boarders languishing on a trolley waiting for a bed. We know that's a year-round phenomenon. And as you rightly said then, back in November, Leo says, oh, the crisis now is healthcare staff, doctors and nurses are taking extended leave over the Christmas period, and this is what's causing the crisis. Well, the crisis is actually a year-round crisis. It's not just a Christmas crisis. And to be honest with you, I, like, I mean, I'm a GP in Cork for probably 20 years. I've never taken extended leave over Christmas. I, I know I'm going to be working. I know on the non-bank holiday days that I have my surgery open. And I also know that on several of the bank holiday days, I'd have to do South Dock. You know, and I accept that. I mean, it's just part of my job. I, I don't in any way begrudge that as part of my job. But I do find that it's disheartening and coming back to them. Why are we not retaining our young doctors? We're not retaining them because they feel that they're battling against the machine of 16 billion euros machine that is the HSE with all the Macri and, H- and, 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 and HR spinner that comes with that, that that makes people delivering the service feel like not valued and feel like the, look, we're, nobody wants us to succeed here. We seem to be getting in a very worrying situation, uh, Nick, listening to you there. When you hear that you have people from the Waterford side of Yall coming to your clinic in the city because they're unable to get a local GP in that area. And if there's GPs who aren't going to set up because of the various reasons we've discussed, in two or three years' time, those GPs who are 75, 76 now, they are going to retire. They they will have to leave the service. What's going to happen in two or three years? If it's in a bad situation now and you feel the department of health and others are spinning everything if they keep the spin up and nothing actually happens on the ground uh, things can only get very serious in two or three years well that, that, that's why I'm taking the time to highlight what I think is a possible impending failure within the health service so we're not replacing our doctors as you said the population is getting bigger it's getting older they need, they need more care not less you know so we are going to we are going to look at towns like me should take the North Cork area Towns like uh, New Marcus, Cantork, you know, uh, New Two Pot House, Butterfield, they're towns that are very much dependent on a small number of doctors. And when those doctors retire, and for all the towns that might not be in the next five years, but certainly looking at 10, 15 years, those doctors will be retired. We're, we're, that, uh, we're that close to them not being replaced, and that the only place that patients in those towns will then get a service is in a big market town like Mallow, you know. So it's it really, unless something is done, and it needs to be done on a contractual level, as we discussed, our contract is 40 years old, not fit for purpose, you know, unless it's done in a way that sustains rural general practice and, and, and general practice in disadvantaged areas, when GPs are gone, they will be gone, and it will be hard to replace. It's always easier to, when somebody's retiring and the infrastructure is there and the notes are there and the, and the building is there, it's always easier to replace them then. If a practice closes, 
it's very hard then a year or two later to get a doctor to re-establish in an area because they're starting absolutely, absolutely from scratch and that won't be possible. So so like what I say to people is look, we're, we're, we're surviving in, with the system as it is, but this needs to become a doorstep issue for people, for politicians of all creeds, so from what parish they belong to, when the politician arrives on your doorstep, you need to let them know that health is important here and that, that health is becoming hard to access and that they're, that they're worried about it. And what are the politicians' plans and are they going to prioritise it? Because that's what needs to happen. Yeah, and just a few texts on that particular issue. First of all, Burr says uh, trying to get young people to work in rural areas is going to be a major struggle for the health service because already in my line of business, and I think she's in retail, but she doesn't go into what exactly she's in in retail, but they are finding it hard to get young staff members to to work in rural towns. And the further away you are from a city, the further uh, you are away from big urban areas, Burr said it's harder to get younger staff because they all want to be in and around the city or a big urban area. While Deirdre is worried about the South Dock service and the future of this service, she was attending this over Christmas. It was very busy. Obviously, it was because of the uh, flu season really starting. But Deirdre's worry is if you have all those GPs that are going to retire and there's none coming in, how can South Dock be sustainable going into the future then? Uh, because that's an out of, our, out of our service. And without a GP in a town, if South Dock is working away, and doing the best they can but with lack of GPs in the area it's just going to get busier and busier and busier in the waiting rooms uh, Can you have, have you any idea how indeed that particular service will run into the future if we are facing what you're saying there with the lack of GPs in those particular areas Well Deirdre uh, is quite correct that there is a fixed amount of workers there's a fixed capacity in the system and as, doc- as we have less doctors that capacity becomes less so the system will have to change. I mean, like if there aren't enough doctors, there will be no service, or the service will be will, will be less. You know, there'll be more 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 patients referred straight to, to hospital-based services without seeing a doctor, without being tried to the community. And coming back to what we spoke about, John Paul, about, or about the GP contract being forty years old, the out-of-hours commitment on that contract only requires GPs to be contactable. It doesn't require that GPs will will provide all the service that they currently do, which is sort of physically available. The, the, the contract, so if, if GPs were to work the contract, which obviously they don't do, but if they were to work the contract, they would just have to make sure that they were contacted at the end of the, of the phone. And if something could wait until the, the following day, great, and if it could, and, 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 and if it couldn't, then refer to a hospital-based service. Now, doctors don't do that, and GPs do not want to do that, but that's what, that, that's the, I, I suppose that's the frustration with having this 40-year-old contract that year on year gets promised that, we'll, that we will have a new contract and year on year it gets pushed back in the long finger. You know, that there, there are parts of the contract that do not facilitate modern healthcare and modern general practice to, uh, in the community, to, to be uh, provided in the community. And that is why we're losing our doctors, losing our longer doctors, we're not retaining them. And something really, the penny has to drop. I mean, to be honest, I think it has dropped and, and they're ignoring us, but something has to change. And the only way you'll get politicians to change is to make them feel the heat on the doorsteps, to make them know that health is important. So when, when people are talking to their politicians, ask them, what are your plans for general practice? What are your plans for the health service?
Yeah, and the thing is, uh, Nick, this year we have local elections in May. We could have a general election next year or the year after, depending on how things go. So this is it's a time that you would hope that particular contract with GPs could change because they will be under pressure more than ever uh, f- for ideas for the health service. But also, if things need to be changed, this is the time to keep the heat up and change them. Uh, for the moment, Dr. Nick, we'll wait what happens uh, with the GPs in rural areas and also in the services you provide there. Uh, one question coming in, we just mentioned rural areas and you touched on it earlier on uh, this is from Dermot who says I presume disadvantaged areas in our cities as well are also going to be affected and, and you find that as well in various areas of the city they are finding that whereby people won't want to practice in an area and it's, it's the same as a rural area Yeah 100% like the, the urban disadvantaged areas it is as difficult well nearly as difficult probably not quite as difficult but it is it is certainly very very difficult to recruit doctors and nurses for urban disadvantaged areas as well as the rural areas Basically, when doctors are coming out and they have a choice of working in you know, a middle-class, you know, wealthy suburb, that's where they pick. And one of the reasons for that, though, is that because private practice subsidises the medical care practice in most practices. So if you're in, an, if you're in a disadvantaged urban area like we have in the Holly Hill, not the Hindi Gwanabar areas, really and truly there isn't a, a, a large private practice that we can subsidise the the, the GMS practice on that's and and that's a, a matter of fact and and that's one of the reasons why it's hard to get patients, uh, hard to get doctors to work in the more de- more deprived areas. But but going with that actually then is that like in the urban deprived areas we get we see patients they get sicker younger, and they also get sicker with more illnesses. So probably from about the age of twenty five to thirty we see patients come in 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 urban disadvantaged areas with many medical problems on lots of different medication. Whereas in the more affluent areas, that doesn't happen really until they're in their forties, sometimes in their in, 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 in patients in their fifties. So, like, like again, going back to the contract, we would be hoping that a, a new fit for purpose contract w- w- would be one that would recognise that not all areas are equal, and that some areas do need some more resourcing. Rural areas need more resourcing, and also urban deprived areas need a little bit more resourcing because the patients have higher healthcare needs. But again, a 40 year contract doesn't have the subsidies to do that. Well, 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 I'd say we'll, we'll wait and see what happens this year. Um, things might move because elections are on the way. Uh, but as you said, it's worrying, especially with the ages of some of our GPs operating in Cork for the moment. So Dr. Nick, a good insight to what's happening within the health system. Thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. And best of luck there with your work in, in your area of health and uh, in Holly Hill in that area as well. Dr. Nick Flynn there, who's a GP in Holly Hill. A good insight to see what is actually happening in our health service. And it's worrying and we are hearing firsthand from pa- patients who have been with their own GP in have gone to various hospitals in Cork and are still waiting on reports back and their GP is so frustrated because they cannot get the information from the hospital because of the lack of staff in hospitals and then we have the situation whereby people can access a GP because there's none in their area particular practice might have closed uh, people who have been moved to go to a uh, surgery in the nearby town or indeed in the town they're in to a different doctor and then of course there's delays there because that particular doctor is under pressure with new patients and as Dr Nick said imagine somebody from the Waterford side of Yole who uh, cannot get a GP in their area 
and are travelling to Cork City uh, for their local GP. I mean, depending on where they are, that could be a 40, 45 minute drive. And depending on traffic, it could be even up to an hour. So that's how serious things are in some parts of Cork. And it seems it will continue. Anyhow, your views on that are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Annalisa Giselle, our resident nutritionist here, will join us after midday on how basically you can kickstart a healthy new year. Plus, a lot of questions come in for Annalisa. A lot of people having colds and flus at this time of year. So if you have a question, get it into us. You can call Bernie 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Annalisa will be along after midday. Plus, a lot of your calls and comments on what we spoke to Dr. Nick about regarding the lack of GPs within the HSC and also the condition of our roads, but the drivers on our roads. A lot of calls and emails uh, over the Christmas period and what people came across. That and more on the way. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Lines are open. Bernie takes your calls today, 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger with Cork Today until 1. A lot of calls and comments coming in following our chat. First of all, earlier on, and this was to do with our health service and how so many people who were unfortunately ill and receiving cancer treatments, but then they're also receiving debt collector's letters from hospitals because they owe certain money. This could be the Patient video, which can be just eighty euro, or also they owe money for MRI, CT scans uh, because their health scheme they are on might not cover them. So the private health insurance they might not have any, or they might have health insurance that doesn't cover a particular scan or a particular treatment that they need to beat cancer. Also, uh, there's a situation where people don't have any health insurance, don't have a medical card, and they are finding out that they are being pursued by debt collectors. A huge amount of money being spent by the HSC uh, to debt collectors for them to chase down patients who are ill. And it just comes back to compassion and people on text and WhatsApp and indeed calls to Bernie all morning I thought this was a thing in the past, thought this was dealt with because we did raise this earlier on last year and I know the Irish Cancer Society were hoping the government would put measures in place this year and they haven't. So they're hoping now that something will come into place next year. But on that matter... A WhatsApp in saying uh, Hi JP and Bernie with regards with the HSE and the debt collectors pressurising vulnerable cancer patients the HSC, HSC should now show more compassion to financially and emotionally vulnerable people at the end of the day the decision to employ debt collectors obviously comes from the top of the HSC decision making chain uh, so that needs to change and I think a lot of people would agree with you on that and there is a lack of compassion when you have people in that situation and indeed a lot of people are in a situation whereby they're so worried about what's going around them you're not thinking of bills you're not thinking of bills outside your own medical bills not to mind those that you're in hospital because you're fighting cancer and the last thing you want to hear about is a hospital bill uh, not to mind a phone bill or electricity bill uh, but a hospital bill so uh, I thank you for your WhatsApp on that a lot of people would agree with you a lack of compassion uh, on part of those within the hospital and then uh, dealing with the health system we went on to hear about how certain health services over Christmas were inundated and very busy due to people with colds, infections and whatnot. But the big thing was, and we heard firsthand from Dr Nick Flynn from Holly Hill raising the issue, and we've heard this over the last year as well, of the lack of GPs to sustain services like South Dock. And because 
no new agreement has been made with the government. You have GPs who our age, as he was working with over Christmas, age 75, age 70, in their late 60s, who are working and who are working with South Dock, along with Nick, who's in his 40s. Uh, but he feels, and a lot of those doctors would say, they're retiring. They've gone beyond retirement age and they will be retiring for good in a few years' time. When those GPs are gone, who then is there to pick up the slack within those particular services? And when you have people choosing to travel to Cork City from outlying areas of East Cork to avail of GP services because there simply is none in their own locality, where are we going in the future with GPs? A lot of GPs won't work for the conditions, not because of the conditions from the HSE uh, of payment. Payment was one of the fourth or fifth uh, reasons why people didn't want to practice in Ireland. One of the reasons from the HSC was waiting on reports from their patients. Very frustrating for a GP who was a patient who they sent to a hospital and the patient comes back into them two or three weeks later for a follow-up and again they're waiting on a report from either CUH or the Mercy or wherever and those hospitals cannot issue a report because there's no staff to do so. Uh, the GPs find that is frustrating and they find then that they're not happy at that level of service they're providing because the upper level aren't giving it to them. One reason GPs aren't staying in Ireland or are moving away and operating outside of Ireland. Also, younger GPs who want to just operate in urban areas who do not wish to operate, uh, let's say, in a more rural area of Cork and want to be in a situation whereby they're near the city uh, but don't want to be too far from the city either. Uh, that is another big reason and the quality of life uh, they don't do working 24-7 they want the quality of life where they can start a family buy a house and all of that so they're one of the main reasons we're hearing why young GPs aren't willing to join the GP practices here in Ireland and that's why local practices are closing across the county we heard from so many towns last year who were in a situation whereby the local GP had given up had retired and they had to go and find a new practice or they were being given options to new practices but then of course that particular practice was under pressure because they wouldn't have enough GPs in there either to take on new clients on this situation and a lot of people worried at the future of our health service when they heard Nick because Nick is in the health service so he hears firsthand what is happening he has the inside because he's in it he knows straight away what's happening there's no spin uh, with the doctors who contacted us this morning because they are doing the job and a lot of people are worried into the future and how it will go for more or less rural area or indeed as Nick said more or less disadvantaged areas of urban areas of our county or our city and one text here from a person who says the HSC has a policy of running hospitals and healthcare systems as a variety of a public slash private system. A two-tier system of care and management has arisen because of this, especially when you see a flat non-graded charge of €1,000 or €700 per night for a patient lying in a trolley if insured, not necessarily getting serious attention versus a public patient. A grade A hotel wouldn't cost as much as those that spend a night in our hospitals. And then you had the situation of doctors that are overworked with serious overtop management costs, says a texter earlier on to the show. And also on WhatsApp, Brida in North Cork saying, listen to your programme this morning. It's scary to think we are going to have a scarcity of doctors in a few years. It's wonderful to see the over 70s getting medical cards, but it should only be if they have worked and paid their taxes here in Ireland. It's a crazy situation to hand 
hand out medical cards to people who retire here and get free medical care. This is the best country to grow old in. No home help in England unless you put your money, you put your hand in your pocket and pay for it. Our elderly are taking up beds in our hospitals as the nursing homes have waiting lists. But the doctors won't discharge patients if they are not fit to live on their own at home. Thank God uh, they care enough to make these decisions. That's the doctors, that is. Uh, thank you for your text on that, Breda. Uh, WhatsApp 86 Or indeed, you can call Bernie 1850 333 A lot of people not happy with what Dr. Nick said on what is happening well I mean unhappy I mean what is happening firsthand within the health system people might not have been aware what is happening there this morning more of your calls and comments to come on various issues we'll get to those shortly The C103 Cork Diary with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie And Anam Cara, they are the organisation that supports bereaved parents. They're holding their monthly parent evening. That is going ahead this evening at 7.20 at the Clayton Hotel in Tivoli and Silver Springs. The meeting offers parents a safe and comfortable forum where they can connect with others, bereaved parents who will understand the depth of the grief and loss. Monthly Mass in honour of St. Pio will go ahead in St. Joseph's Church in Lismire. That's on tonight at 8 o'clock. And the Christmas lights display, which is going ahead still at Sean and Nori McSweeney in Clagon near German League uh, they will have their Christmas lights displayed up until Tuesday January the 8th and that's to raise funds for local West Cork charities and indeed Marymount Hospice and the music room in Boher Bui that will start a new year of great music and this with Sean Radley of the Mill Street Gramophone Society and that's on tomorrow evening in the Pierce Memorial Hall in Boher Bui from 8 o'clock and 8 Action they will hold computer courses for over 55s in understanding laptops, tablets or phones. Uh, this is a one-to-one tuition course and it's once a week for two hours. They're taking names now for January to June of this year. Uh, they're also looking for tutors to help out on this. More info from Julie on 021 206 7399. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And a lot of people agreeing with those on text and WhatsApp and indeed on phones to Bernie about our health service and what's happening in our health service and worry that we will have a lack of GPs only in the next two or three years. Your comments are welcome on that. Also, if you have any t- uh, advice that you want to ask for from Annalisa because Annalisa is along in about 10 minutes time. We're looking ahead to New Year kicks, a healthy New Year. Going to give advice on that. Also, a lot of people are suffering from various infections and flus around this time of the year. A few questions in. If you have a question for Annalisa, get that into us. She'll be along in under 10 minutes. You can call Bernie 1850-333-103 or text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now, apart from all the health issues we discussed this morning, uh, we did get a few texts in from people who were unhappy at Christmas television. Didn't think uh, the selection of what was on over the Christmas was good enough, especially for the TV channels we pay a licence fee for. So, and just a selection of those particular texts, uh, one saying Christmas TV was just shameful, repeats and films 
all the time and they expect us to pay a TV licence for this type of stuff. Another text from John saying surely they could have arranged some better viewing over the Christmas period. I think too many films was shown and not enough local or Irish content. Then we had a text earlier from Joan who was happy with the variety because she was happy that on Christmas night there was a lot of Irish produced programmes such as Fair City and Mrs. Brown's Boys and The Young Offenders and they were on Christmas night so overall even though it wasn't a great schedule she felt she was happy especially for Christmas night and then other people who were watching certain films like Harry Potter or The Hobbit and they realised when they switched to another channel it was also on that channel they felt there wasn't not enough selection anyhow on that call to Bernie from Dermot in McCroom who says he is nearly pension age and he remembers when he got the first TV he saw Willy Wonka in black and white and they are still showing it at Christmas. It is ridiculous to ask people to pay the TV licence fee. We know these films now off our hearts, uh, says Dermot in McCroom to Bernie on 1850-333-103. And a few New Year wishes into us. So hello to you, uh, Joe in uh, Charneville, wishing us all here Happy New Year. Likewise to you, Joe. He's also wishing best of luck to the Cork Hurling team uh, for this year. Well, hopefully things will go well for Cork this year in the hurling. Also, hi to Anthony, wishing us Happy New Year in Limerick. And a Mitchellstown listener is asking, could we find out when the second part of the feud allowance is going to be paid out? Well, we can. Uh, the second lump sum of the feud allowance, of course, the first lump sum was paid out before Christmas in October. And the second lump sum is expected to be paid out in the second week of January. So if you're waiting for that, the second week of January is when uh, the second lump sum of that particular allowance is due to be paid out. So I would expect the end of next week at the start of the week after for the second part of the feud allowance. Thank you for your text, a uh, listener in Mitchellstown to 0862 103 103. And yeah, a lot of people agreeing with uh, Dermot and others who uh, were watching TV over Christmas and not too happy. Uh, texts are here saying, oh my God, it was very bad. What are we paying out a TV licence for when we're not getting quality television? And Audrey said, yes, I agree with those callers. TV was rubbish. So much repeats. Happy New Year, says Audrey. A lot of people unhappy with the repeats. Uh, so close together as well. I think one night Mrs. Brown's Boys was on, but again it featured the next night and it was a repeat of what was on the night before, uh, says Julie. So people not happy uh, with the amount of repeats that was on TV over uh, the Christmas period. Anyhow, uh, your view is welcome on that. Were you unhappy with the amount of repeats on television over Christmas? And let us know. You can text or WhatsApp. 0862103103 and also a lot of people texting in questions for Annalisa keep them coming to us as well uh, should be on in under 10 minutes if you have a question for Annalisa or you want some advice to kickstart a healthy uh, 2019 uh, get those into us as well on those numbers now a text in here uh, from a person who wants to thank a couple because this person their car broke down in Bantry last Sunday and they want to publicly thank the couple and the young man who came to my age uh, they were very kind and extremely helpful to me I did not get their names but I was so grateful to them for stopping and for providing all their help when my car broke down in Bantry last Sunday. Uh, This comes in from a lady in Blarney so I'm not too sure where those people were that helped you if they were from the Bantry area or if you were in Bantry and you helped a lady from Blarney with a car broken down well a big thank you from that particular lady in Blarney who just texts us in there to 0862 103 103 
And all of you emails into the show as well. I think we'll hold these over to tomorrow because uh, we want to bring on Annalisa and a lot of questions in for Annalisa. But a lot of people unhappy with what they witnessed on the roads over the Christmas and New Year's period. And when I mean witness, I mean the level of driving standards that is out there. Have you come across that? I mentioned this morning my own story when travelling from Killarney uh, to our studio here in Mallow and a guy who passed out a row of cars and a truck that was turning left for Canturk and he passed all the cars out past the truck out, past the junction, there was a car at that particular junction. Now, the car was turning, I think, left to go to Mallow. But even even at that, I mean, when you're turning left, you don't expect a car to come at the other side of the road or nearly swerve into you. How there wasn't an accident, I don't know. The car easily could have been turning right, heading towards the Duhalla direction and gone on the side of the road, the right-hand side of the road, that is, and would have met the guy overtaking head-on. Whatever that driver was thinking, fair play, maybe they saw the car coming uh, behind the truck because it was a big uh, milk truck. Nothing to do with the truck. The truck was was, was doing the speed fine and he was uh, obeying the rules of the road. It was just a driver that decided to overtake the, the truck and the row of cars behind the truck. But thankfully, the driver at the junction decided not to pull out and waited because if that driver did, he or she uh, might have got away with it. But if they were going to do hollow, uh, they definitely would not have got away from it if they were going, as in what I mean, do hollow, the, the, the carry direction uh, on the main road towards Rathmore, that area. Anyhow, people are, have been onto us over the New Year's period, especially with the level of bad driving they're witnessing on the roads. I have a few emails on that. I'll get to them on the show tomorrow. But have you witnessed that? Are you noticing driving conditions getting worse uh, from drivers that is on our roads? Let us know. You can email jp at c103.ie and keep your questions coming in for Annalisa she'll join us shortly call Bernie 1850-333-103 or text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Annalisa Drizelle will join us shortly if you have any questions for her we'll be on about health kicks and a healthy 2019 but I see a lot of questions coming in from people who are suffering from colds and chest infections and I'm sure she'll answer those as well you can keep those questions coming to Bernie 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 I want to mention uh, this it's an email we got in uh, over the last few days it's about Little Steps and that is a peer support group for families bereaved by suicide uh, they'll be holding a meeting at the New U on Marino Street in Bantry it's on the first Monday of every month from 6.30 to 8.30pm and they're commencing back this Monday the 7th of January you can come and join them for a cup of tea coffee and indeed a friendly face and you can stay as long as you can and share your own story you can contact Nora for more information there on 087-790-5053 Cork today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086-2103-103 Mentioned the standard of driving people are coming across over the Christmas New Year's period a lot of emails into us we'll get to those on tomorrow's show uh, but Audrey on something that happened to her this morning on text to 086-2103-103 she says this morning on the Maradike this van was texting while driving and nearly hit me and then when we stopped at a red light the next thing the van came along and went through the red light great start to the new year says Audrey I don't think she says uh, just the conditions of driving seems to be getting worse and a big thing people are noticing are people driving while texting or using their mobile phones and that's come out again as a report and indeed in the papers this morning we'll get back to a lot of your calls and indeed emails on the standard of driving but like Audrey if you have come across something like that let us know text or whatsapp 086 
103103 or you can email jp at c103.ie and we'll get to that particular issue uh, on the show tomorrow. Now, uh, it's the new year. A lot of people want to get healthy as we start a new year. So Annalisa Drizel from the Health Hub and Banning Colleague joins us. Uh, good afternoon to you, Annalisa. Good afternoon, John Paul. And, you had a, and many happy returns. Had you a nice Christmas, a nice New Year's? Lovely. Very busy, um, but very nice. Yeah, lovely. Back nice to work today. Yeah, nice to relax over the Christmas and get a break from it. Exactly, yeah, and loads of eating. That's the thing. So, yeah, that's <laughs> the real world. Huh? And that's what people are texting in majority about is the eating and they feel that they've ate too much and we'll get to those in a while and how to kickstart and be healthy for the new year. Uh, but a lot of people have texted in before that, Annalisa, a lot of flus, a lot of chest infections doing the rounds and one text here from Mary in Bandon who says, ask Annalisa, can she recommend a cough bottle for a very chesty cough? I'm bringing up a lot of phlegm and I am on electroxin." 100 uh, thanking you from Mary in Bandon. Okay. Yeah, I think that the Comvita uh, Winter Wellness Blend is very good. Um, it's great that the mucus is coming up because you want it to get out. If it pools in the chest, that's when the bacteria can multiply and start causing an infection. Now, if the mucus is clear, you don't need an antibiotic. If it starts getting very thick, yellow or green, you may need an antibiotic. If you really don't want to take an antibiotic, give it a couple of days of trying to treat it naturally yourself. But if it's not shifting, you might need to just bite the bullet and get one. So the Comvita Winter Wellness is a lovely cough bottle either for a dry, tickly cough or for a chesty cough because there's things in there to soothe the mucous membranes from coughing, which is great for the dry, tickly. But it also, there's a bit of carrageen in there that helps you to get that mucus out. Um, and to clear that mucus up in the chest. So that's one really good one. But the other one that I think is like a little miracle bottle is the Dr. Delish Clare Chest and Sinus Blend. It's a combination of immune-boosting herbs and herbs that will help dry up that mucus. So between the two of them, the cough bottle that'll help you get it out and the Chest and Sinus Blend that'll help dry it up at source and boost the immune system you should be able to kick it in a few days without any medication. Okay, and the one thing then we have, uh, like Mary, is people who have a tickly cough, and I have this myself, whereby uh, in a situation where you have, it's like a chest infection, you can feel the blockage on top of your chest and you're coughing, but there's not enough mucus or phlegm coming up. But every time you go to talk, you feel like you're going to start coughing or get a fit of coughing. Uh, How can you come around that? The same treatment, would they work? Yeah, well, I think definitely the same treatment will work. The, the, the winter wellness, the Comvita winter wellness, I had a cough before Christmas and what I found quite amazing about it was when I was in that coughing spasm, if I took a spoon of it then, it would soothe the, all those irritated membranes and would stop the spasm. The other thing I was using as well for that kind of continual coughing fit was the Dr. Delish Clare throat spray. Um, now, I know that... Um, Dr. Vogel does another one. So if you can't get the Dr. Delish one, your local health shop might have the Vogel one. And they're full of marshmallow. And the marshmallow, again, is just really good at calming down the irritation of those dry membranes that just keep you coughing in that coughing fit. So I would you'd spray that away all day. Every time I'd get a cough, I'd spray it take a spoon of the Comvita Winter Wellness and I took the chest and sinus and that worked brilliantly for me and for most of my customers it works well too. 
Very good. Uh, Mary and Mallow just wants to wish you a happy new year. Thanks for all the support you give over the year from Mary and Mallow. And uh, hi to Julie, who uh, has a, a various cold. She goes, it was a chest infection. That's gone. Now I have a blocked up nose and I have a pain in my head as well from this and sore eyes. Anything to relieve this congestion oh, yeah. in my yeah. head area, she feels. Yeah, so I think one of the best things to do that is to do a steam inhalation with either um, the wild oregano oil or if you don't have it at home, albus oil or tea tree oil, eucalyptus will work as well. What I love about the oregano is that it's such a powerful antiviral, antifungal one that if there is any bacteria lurking up there, it'll kill them out. So, um, But if you can't get that, don't worry. The tea tree oil is just as good. And you fill the bowl with boiling water, put in a few drops and then the towel over the head and the steam will help loosen up that dryness. Um, the chest and sinus blend from Dr. Delish Clare will work very well for that. You could also get a Vogel nasal spray that will um, help free up the nose. And it's, again, it's got marshmallow and aloe vera in it that's very soothing for that dryness up in the nose. Um, the other thing that seems to work, um, John Paul, don't even ask me know how it works because there's no scientific reasoning behind it. But when, when you go to bed, if you put a big gob of Vaseline across the top bridge of the nose, it seems to help keep that airway open. So if, you're, if your airway is open, you're not as inclined to breathe through your mouth and cough and wake up. Um, so that can help as well to get a good night's sleep. OK, well, hopefully they help people this morning who were in that situation with those flus and colds that are going around at the moment. And from that, the people who want to kickstart a new year, uh, they've a lot of people this morning texting first thing saying, has Annalisa any advice? I've eaten way too much over Christmas. I need to detox and what can I do? But even when we mentioned the word detox, Annalisa, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, uh, this morning we're being warned against fad diets this year. A lot of people are into buying weight loss pills or just coming to a situation whereby they're not eating anything for a few days and surviving on a slice of toast maybe and water or one of those diets but I presume you would go along with those to say that that just won't work Well you know what it might work in the few days in the short term you might drop a few pounds but it's probably going to go on fairly quickly afterwards and it's definitely not sustainable so I wouldn't advise it as your way to lose a lot of weight if you've only a few pounds to lose you know that might get rid of the Christmas few pounds and the pain is over and done within a few days. But, um, you know, it's very difficult at this time of the year as well if you have to go into work and you're fasting and then you're surrounded by all these people coughing and spluttering, you are probably going to pick something up. So you probably will end up getting sick as a result of it because your immune system won't have any fuel to drive itself. So when you want to lose weight, you know, out of all my years, um, John Paul, of, um, you know, nutritional therapy, I used to be very sceptical of, different kind of diets for different people but actually over the years I really have seen that certain metabolic types will suit particular diets some people will do really well on a low carbohydrate diet and I think those people are the people who are inclined to put weight on around the middle they tend to be people who if they skip a meal that they will feel maybe cranky or lightheaded or lose focus and concentration Um, so they tend to be a little bit more sort of I suppose, thyroidy, I would say almost. Um, you know, that they find it hard to lose weight. It could, the weight can go on easily. They might Their systems might be a bit sluggish. I find that a low-carbohydrate diet can actually work very well for these people. And I have had clients who've managed to reverse type 2 diabetes with those kind of diets in six to eight weeks as well. So it, can, it could be viewed as a fad diet, the low-carb diet, but actually it can work very, very well. 
So the low carb diet basically is exactly what it says on the tin. You're you're eating very little carbohydrate. So I think what you'd need to be cutting out are things like your potatoes, pasta, rice, bread, all of those kind of grains. And you need to have a diet that's full of vegetables and good quality lean protein, either in the form of fish or lean chicken or lean meat. And fill yourself up on vegetables. So no limitation on vegetables whatsoever. Have half the plate at least if not three quarters of the plate heaped up with veg make loads of vegetable soups for yourself and throw in a tin of chickpeas or kidney beans for your protein uh, or leftover turkey after the Christmas or lean chicken or whatever really you fancy but that can work very well and it can shift the weight fairly quickly so that will work well for some people I'm not a fan of the low fat diet they would be particularly recommended I think by the medical community but I think people end up being starving hungry their skin suffers as a result. They'll end up getting dry skin. Often can be low mood because you do need fat as well for your hormones. So I'm not a massive fan of the low-fat diet. I think it's better to limit your food and include good quality fat and protein. But if you need the carbohydrate for energy, just make sure that you're going for the brown variety because that fiber will fill up in your stomach. It'll hold water. It'll keep you feeling fuller for longer. It'll improve your transit time and slow it down so you don't feel hungry as quickly. Anyone who eats porridge for breakfast will know that to be true. And again, just lots and lots of fruit and sorry, lots of vegetables with a couple of pieces of fruit a day to help keep your tummy full. And Jason is an opposite of what you described there regarding the thyroid. Jason feels he's a fast metabolism. Now, he's in his late 20s, and since Christmas, he feels he's put a bit of a belly on him. Any advice how to change his eating habits? He would be healthy enough, but he also would have takeaways, which you will cut out, he says, but still, he wants to lose the weight over the next few months. He knows if he you know goes to a gym or whatever, he will, but yeah. he doesn't have time at the moment for that, he says. So how can he change his nutrition so that he will lose Asisa has the belly that appeared over the Christmas period well I don't know if he's a sugar fan but that would be the first thing I would say is cut out the sugar and the sugary foods and the takeaways you'd be very surprised depending on the takeaways that you get if it's a Chinese or if it's from the chipper it could be like a whole day's calories in one go so definitely cutting those out will make a big big difference I think just go back to your kind of your your basic three meals a day if you do need to snack make sure the snack is very small Um, You know, a lot of people, when they snack, it's almost like a mini meal. It shouldn't be a mini meal. It should be a piece of fruit and maybe three or four nuts or a small yogurt, and that's a snack. And I think if you can avoid snacking, that's one of the best ways to lose weight because it's easy to clock up the calories with three snacks a day. So if you can stick to your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if you don't get dizzy or lightheaded without your snacks, stick to that plan. Your three meals, plenty vegetables, cut out the sugar, um, go easy on the bread, and cut out the... um, takeaways and it should come off fairly easily and a lot of people feel god i really should go to the gym and i should be exercising i can tell you that it's 80 percent diet if you go to the gym and you don't you know follow the proper healthy diet it's going to be very very difficult to lose the weight when you're in your 20s it'll be a bit easier but when you get to my age in your late 40s exercise just is not enough to do it you have to keep an eye on the diet Okay, and with the diet then, as you plan your year and you want to sustain the diet uh, from breakfast to lunchtime, as you mentioned there, and the various meals you would have, portion sizes, because Jack is texting and saying, reducing portion sizes, would that help? If you do change your diet to a healthy diet and you obey what you were giving there, the advice, but reduce the portion sizes, can that help you as well with regards to, with weight? 
definitely can and small little tips like eating off a smaller plate so it doesn't look like a big plate with you know tiny portion sizes on it absolutely if you cut your portions down you're going to cut your calories down but I don't think anyone should restrict the amount of vegetables that they eat I think you can have as many of those so in a way I think they are portion size um, exempt you know don't think about portion sizes for those but a general rule of thumb is palm size so if you have a palm size amount of rice a palm size amount of cheese which is like about two to three fairly thin slices um it would be like say one egg um you know a good few flowers of broccoli one apple that's roughly it's very rough but it's very easy to kind of monitor it you don't have to weigh anything that way um and when it comes to meat apply the same principle it should be palm size and no thicker than your palm either so the, I think where people tend to go wrong, John Paul, and you know what, it's not people's fault either because after years of being told, cut the fat, cut the fat, uh, we tend to eat a lot more rice and pasta and potatoes at our dinner. And I think they're the ones you really need to keep an eye on portion size because it, they're the ones that will sort of spike your blood sugar. You could feel quick, hungry fairly quickly afterwards. Um, so I think a smaller portion of those with a good size portion, palm size portion of fat and protein in within your meat or whatever you're having fish or if you're having you know vegetarian you might have avocado or nuts palm size again and that's a really good way to keep yourself on track portion wise and then when you're looking at the health situation you want to keep the colds away and the colds at bay supplements is there supplements that you can take then to benefit you becoming healthy if you were as you said there having the right portion size having the right meals what supplements then can bring you to a situation whereby hopefully you'll be as healthy as you can get well I suppose there's there's 101 things that are on the shelves that can help you feel healthy it's about finding the right one and people always ask me John Paul about different um supplements for losing weight and there is some clinical evidence behind some of them for example conjugated linoleic acid can help you burn fat Um, that's called CLA Uh, another thing is Garcinia cambogia there's some evidence behind that that it works green coffee extract green tea extract chili and capacin all of these can help you lose weight uh, but they will only give you that extra few percent so there's no way that any of these will work if you are not doing the diet. Um, exercise, it's very important to go out and do your bit of exercise. But, you know, I know myself, John Paul, when I go um, do a lot of exercise, I probably tend to eat a little bit more. So it does tend to balance out if you're just trying to rely on exercise alone. You really do have to keep an eye on your food. And it's the same with all of these supplements. They will give you that little 5%, 10% extra edge, but they're not going to do it unless you're doing all the rest. So that would be the ones I would recommend for weight loss. Um, Then there's lots of ones for the liver now this time of year if you've been overdoing it. Um, Of course, milk thistle, everybody is probably familiar with milk thistle. But there's other ones that can be very useful as well, like dandelion and artichoke are great to help your liver kind of digest and get rid of fat. They improve a sluggish system, especially after eating a lot of fatty foods where your your bowels mightn't be moving as, as well as they should be. So they give you a great clean out. A lot of people like to take apple cider vinegar as well. Now, that's great because it is good for alkalizing the body and also there's great bacteria in there. But I would stress that if you've got any kind of heartburn or any problems with your stomach, do not take apple cider vinegar because you're pouring acid down into a system that just can't cope with it. So really, lots of people take the apple cider vinegar thinking it'll do them good and actually it's doing them harm if they've got acid reflux. 
Okay, that's interesting to note. That's uh, that can be said for cider as well. It can have an effect in the stomach. You'd hear that the outside. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think anybody who was like a cider drinker for the night will know that their stomach is pretty mm. rough the next day. Um, so yeah, it is. It's very acidic, and the apple cider vinegar is even more acidic. So it is not healthy for everybody in the world to take. It's only if you can tolerate it. Okay, good advice there. Before I let you go, Anna on text wants to know: uh, Ask Annalisa about the tea uh, that you can use for healing fractures. Oh yes, so we spoke about this when we were talking about bone healing. It's the Dr. Delish Clare Bone Tea. And there's a herb in there called knit bone, um, was the old name for it, or it's also called comfrey. And it can help knit the bone together, or if you're putting it on your skin, it also helps knit skin cells together. So the Delish Clare has it in tea form. It's called Dr. Delish Clare Bone Tea. And you can probably order it on her website or check with your local health store. They may or may not stock it, but I have it here in the shop in Balancholic. Okay, very good, Annalisa. Well, thanks for all that advice. Hopefully that will be a benefit to people who are trying to have a a healthy kickstart for this year. Happy New Year Year again to you, and we'll chat to you on Monday. Thanks, John Paul. Thanks very much. That's Annalisa Giselle there from the Health Hub, which is located just across from the cinema in Balancholic. 1850-333-103. A lot of calls coming in to us on various issues as we just finish up for today. We'll get to a lot of those issues on tomorrow's show uh, just one was Christmas TV and people unhappy with the repeats they came across over the Christmas period well uh, two people who are one is listening to us at the moment in Germany and they seem to have a similar situation there hello to Karen and Michael who are listening in Hanover in Germany they say that while hearing the response to Christmas TV repeats don't be so sorry about this in Ireland it's happening to us in Germany as well. We are paying TV licenses to our German office as well as to Unpost in Ireland. Also, oh, you guys live in both uh, countries, okay, and for our TV in Ireland. And uh, we are getting repeats, obviously, in Germany. And also, you're hearing about the repeats back home here in Ireland. And that comes in uh, from Karen and Michael, who uh, live in, we're at the moment in Hanover in Germany, obviously, between Germany and Kulna in Skibreen. Uh, thank you for your WhatsApp. And also to Philip. Uh, from Clonakilty who was in Sweden over the Christmas. He had a 10-day break and without Irish TV, he had no Irish radio, no internet, no Facebook and no phone calls except text. They spent time with their daughter who lives in Sweden. He doesn't speak much Swedish, he said, so he didn't watch a lot of television over there. But one TV channel actually repeated the Christmas 2017 variety show. So when it comes to repeats, Philip says, there we are. We're not the only country with repeats happening as well in Sweden and we heard there from the guys in Germany so we're not alone with the repeats over the Christmas period. Uh, thank you for your WhatsApps and texts on that. Uh, back with you again tomorrow with Cork Today. You can email us across the afternoon jp at c103.ie My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced today. Uh, back again tomorrow morning from 10am. Until then, I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your Wednesday afternoon. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 